Hello, I'm Rabbi Pinchas Alush and welcome to yet another episode. Join me as we illuminate our modern world with lessons from Judaism. If you enjoy this show, please show your support by subscribing to this podcast. And I hope you'll give us a five-star rating as it does so much to help grow this community. I welcome your feedback on this episode on any of the other podcasts at rabbialushpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to learn more, please visit me on Facebook and YouTube. So friends, an overlooked detail about Abraham's life has always fascinated me, and it can teach us volumes about life and living. You see, by the time Abraham was 75 years old, he could have easily retired with much satisfaction. His resume by then was quite impressive. He was a monotheist who stood up for his beliefs. He had transformed countless lives and had accumulated a massive following of fans and students everywhere. But then... God appears to him and asks him to leave everything behind and, quote, go to a place that I will show you, end quote. No, not to Hawaii or to his dream retirement home, but to a mysterious place where you will have to continue to work tirelessly. What would you have done if you were Abraham? Well, many of us would have replied with a resounding no. But Abraham was a giant of a man. And he knew that as long as he was alive, alive, he had to fulfill his purpose and make a positive difference in our broken world. So what does he do at the ripe age of 75? He jumped on his next, next, next task ahead. He took his revolution to a whole new level. See, he became the father of many nations and he transformed the landscape of history altogether. Many of history's giants have followed Abraham's model too. You see, some examples include Moses, who was 80 years old when he became our nation's leader. Rabbi Akiva was 64 years old when he was finally recognized as the most eminent scholar and leader of his time. And yes, the Lubavitcher Rebbe of our generation was 49 years old when he assumed the mantle of leadership of the Chabad movement and of the Jewish people in 1951. In the business world, one may find such models too. For example, Winston Churchill was considered a political failure for most of his adult life until he finally became England's prime minister in 1940 at the ripe age of 62. And Harlan Sanders was also 62 years old when he franchised Kentucky Fried Chicken in 1952. Today, it stands as the world's largest, sorry, second largest restaurant chain after McDonald's. Now, indeed, the Abrams of history have forever shared one common denominator. They never stopped growing, no matter the challenge, no matter the circumstance, no matter the age. And this is what made them robustly alive and truly great. My beloved mentor, Rabbi Dean Steinsaltz of Blessed Memory, also had a list of many dreams that he wished to accomplish in spite of his age of 81. I remember visiting him a few years ago in his Jerusalem office after he had just completed his life work of translating and adding his own commentary to the entire Talmud, the first to ever do so ever since Rashi, the 11th century Jewish sage. During that meeting, he revealed to me, even though I'm 81 years old, I'm preparing for the next 170 years because I have a lot of work to still do. Now, he confessed, if the boss upstairs decides that he wants me elsewhere, so I will have to move on. But as long as I am here... I have a lot of things to do. Friends, the lesson is clear. To live is to grow. And to grow is to live. And so long as we can, we ought to continue to heed to God's calling to each of us at every moment of life 
Go, lech lecha. Perhaps this is also one of the dominant lessons we ought to learn from Israel's current war against evil on behalf of all of us. And yes, make no mistake, this is a war against pure evil, nothing else. Pure evil Hamas terrorists who have murdered in the most horrendous ways the most Jews in a single day since the Holocaust. Thousands remain injured and some 220 innocent lives are still being held hostage by these evil perpetrators. Yet, amidst the terror and the horror, a fascinating juxtaposition, uh, juxtaposition appears. Here stands a group of innocent Jews who were passionately dedicated, dedicated uh, sorry, passionately dedicated to life and living. There stood the evil murderers who were passionately dedicated to death and murdering. See, we Jews are told to choose life so that you and your children may live according to the words of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. But these evil terrorists chose carnage and destruction, the sanctity of life that we cherish so deeply disturbs those who hate it so fervently. I'm sure that the Israeli government will certainly do what it can to eradicate this evil and prevent any further terrorist attacks. But our response must be more personal. It must speak to the values that fill our souls. Where there is evil and darkness, we must create goodness and light. We must respond to terror, like Abraham's, by committing ourselves to living more, to growing more, to making more of a positive impact with acts of prayers and good deeds that seek to rebuild our world and ensure that ultimately life prevails. This is quiet heroism. There are no flamboyant shows, no dramatic gestures that capture attention. But it is not enough to focus on what we are fighting against. We must also know what we are fighting for. And therefore, regardless of our age, just like Abraham's, let us set goals, especially in our spiritual journeys, for the next year. Which books will we study? Which mitzvahs will we achieve? Which values will we introduce to our families? Which acts of goodness and kindness will we perform today and tomorrow? Without a doubt, goodness and life altogether will then triumph once and for all. Thank you.